This podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. Hello, welcome to the All This Podcast, part of our AI in Action series. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Madhav Karana. Madhav is the head of data scientists at Rebuy. Madhav, great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me here. I'm looking forward to the next few minutes talking about data science. So tell us a little bit about your journey to now, how you got into the world of data science, if we start us off. I'm actually coming from a small town in India called Jalandhar. And I grew up in a like typical Indian middle-class family where studies is the only thing you are allowed to do. And uh, in India, we have a saying that you become an engineer and then you decide what you want to do with your life. And that's what I did. I graduated in 2012 in, with Bachelor of Engineering, Engineering in Electronics and Electrical Engineering from actually one of the premier institutes of India called Bitspilani. And uh, I actually did reasonably well there, but was never quite interested in electronics. Neither was I much good in it. And the only thing I was interested in was mathematics. So I applied for a few business analytics roles because data scientists as a term didn't really exist that prominently uh, across the industry. And uh, I managed to actually get the attention of one company. But after the HR round, I was rejected saying that I don't have necessary experience, which is fair. And But I still kept pressing. I somehow got in touch with the hiring manager and asked him to give me a chance. And uh, I met him, and uh, he gave me three questions in probability and statistics and gave me an hour, hour to solve them and said, okay, I'm giving you these three questions. You solve them, and if you solve them, then we can have a conversation. And he left the room. I actually managed to solve that in, I think, 10 minutes, which impressed him, and I got the job. And since then... Whatever I learned has been on the job. I've done a couple of courses on Coursera, but most of what I have been while trying to solve a problem and work. So that was IMI Mobile, which is a telecom services provider. And I, start, I worked as a data science or data science consultant there, helping the telecom companies with their telecom strategies, data strategies, customer relationship management, and anything related to data in telecom industry. From there, I moved to, that was in London, and from London, I moved to Stockholm to work at King, which is, which makes Candy Crush. So I was basically looking at making sure that people remain addicted to Candy Crush game. And I created algorithms for the dynamic difficulty, looking at the monetization of the game. And then I also looked at a few other Candy Crush games, there are four or five of them now. And from there, from Stockholm, I moved to Berlin to work at Karim, which is a part of Uber right now. And uh, at Uber, I, at Karim, I was working at Marketplace, looking at how the pricing how should be, how the, which customer should get which driver, and uh, basically everything about the Marketplace. And from there, I moved to Rebuy, where I'm currently the head of data science. And I've been working at Rebuy for around one and a half years now. A very, very career. I loved your persistence at that as well. And you know, in this field, more than any, you're constantly learning and evolving and anywhere you can get new information and applied experience is always, always welcome. Tell us a little bit about Rebuy for people who don't know much about it. So Rebuy is sort of a pioneer in the e-commerce industry. 
and e-commerce industry not a lot of people know about this it's a marketplace for used goods but then you talk about that and people get confused confused with ebay it is like ebay just better i would say because customers sell the products to us we grade the items and then we sell these products with a guarantee on the quality of the item right now people go on ebay and they don't want to sell it because they don't want to deal with multiple customers asking them for a price and they have to sell the give that product or whatever and it's same goes for buying that you're not sure what quality of the product you're buying from someone so we get rid of all of that there's a guarantee of 3 whole years that whatever you buy from rebuy we guarantee that for this product will stay with you for 3 years and uh, we're following actually following the purpose to reduce resources and sensitivize our society for a conscious like, consumption there's so much electronic waste these days and this and it's so easy to not use uh, buy new products and just use and uh, use products because they work as well and as a company we are active in seven countries germany austria netherlands france italy spain and the uk and we are actually 550 employees of 28 nations so you can imagine how diverse we are and in terms of looking at perspectives and we are all very motivated people and very sustainable in our approach to our solving the problems i i love how you're so focused on just you know solving that problem because there is so much wastage out there tell us how you actually leverage data science machine learning yeah uh, yeah there actually very the classic use cases i can tell you about which you will find even in e-commerce companies and that is forecasting the sales and purchases which is very important when we looking at category managers and they need to understand that they have enough supply to match the demand and uh, it is very tricky here because purchases we we have to match the purchases and sales and there are so many different heuristics you have to look at with this e-commerce industry and that's another big problem we work with and it's actually one of the most challenging is pricing and with pricing how we price on the purchase side and the selling side then there's also these use cases of optimizing customer experience by testing how it what works better for the customer what doesn't then we have recommender systems so that's another big project that we are always continuously improving then a big part of what we do it's actually helped by a biggest lever one of the biggest lever is marketing so we optimize the marketing spend with a budget allocation tool which is another one of the projects which most e company e-commerce companies have then we have customer relationship management with in which we have analysts working providing insights on customers their behavior and the customer lifetime value and the last probably not the least is optimizing the operations because it's a very complicated operations by buying something from customer and making sure it reaches the time it reaches in time to the someone who is buying it later yeah so these are some of the few of the use cases i can tell you about where in which we using the power of data science and making sure that we are able to not just make the company have a sustainable world but also have a very efficient marketplace and at the same time making money so if you tell us a little bit more about projects you're involved in and for the novices listening what mm-hmm. are the what are the return on investments the benefits of doing these because we know so many projects can be vanity projects but not yeah. necessarily really getting a core benefit to the end user tell us about them that's a great question and uh, actually the, if i talk about projects like recommender systems or customer relationship management they actually work really well when you have a lot of customers and a lot of data to play with but you i we wouldn't want to invest too much time and effort into it because 
the customers we have at Rebuy are not at the level of what you get at the likes of Amazon or the Zalando's of the world. And so we, we're not investing too much in that. But at the same time, pricing is something which is which I would say is the most challenging one. And because we are pricing on both on the selling side and the purchasing side. And that involves a lot of effort. And it's also the biggest lever we have when we're talking about improving the business and improving the customer experience that we are after. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. When you look at actually moving from academia to industry, mm-hmm. how did you go about preparing yourself for that? And tell us about the importance of communication and continuous yeah. learning. Yeah, I can tell you about my experience. It was that uh, it was very smooth in a way that I was mainly uh, interested in mathematics. But over the time, I figured I have worked with my academics who have come, who have made transition from academia to industry. And uh, I can actually talk about the most important aspect, which I would, it's more of a, some, you can think of it more as a tips for the people who are trying to move from academia to industry. And the first one is actually motivation, because firstly, you need to be sure that you really want to move to industry. If you can't convince yourself, then you can't convince interviewers. I have interviewed candidates who were just doing it because they heard researchers like them are always desired in industries. Well, skills can be developed on the job, but if you are not motivated, then neither you nor your employer will be satisfied. And then comes the part of technical skills and business acumen. With technical skills, it also depends on what sort of data scientist you want to be, because there's not one skill set that everyone is following. Some people are more focused on data engineering. Some people are focused on machine learning. Others are mainly focused on the analytics part. But it's always desirable to be a full stack data scientist, but you need to know your strengths and stick with those strengths. And uh, with respect to business acumen, now this is the part which I would say differentiates you, like people coming from academia from the crowd of data scientists. And for example, if I'm hiring some, I have someone from academia, it is much easier for me to train that person on technical skills or project management skills than on business acumen because that's something which comes from curiosity, experience of working in industry, from general knowledge about the work, talking and learning, human psychology, and business metrics in general. And then we, you mentioned the communication skills, and that is also where it's very different on how you communicate in academia and in industry. Because in academia, you're mainly talking to people who easily understand what you're talking about. In industry, a lot of times, you have to first gauge how much your audience knows and understands. Because if you are in a room with 100 people, you don't know how many people know what even supervised learning is. So it's always safe to assume that the other person has the mathematical knowledge of that of a five-year-old. And then depending on how engaged they are, you can get more technical. And it is and always important to understand that it's not about what you want to say. It's about what your stakeholders want to know in the industry. And then his speed matters a lot because I've had people, people in my uh, experience, I've had PhDs who start working on a problem. They go into this hibernation work on the problem, which is usually what they are used to do. They just work on a problem and get the best results. Well, you can't take ages to create the perfect solution. And you need to quickly develop an MVP, showcase what you're doing, and then keep iterating. Agile principles are very important when it, it comes to working in an industry. 
if you're going to develop a ship, you need to start with a canoe first. And it isn't about the research or the process, it's about the results. You can use the most advanced technique and create magic, but you need to implement your work and convince internal stakeholders to use it. Usually I've seen in my experience, a boring and straightforward solution often reaps the best rewards actually. And that's why I would say it's, uh, these are like summary of what I will yeah. think. Uh, yeah. Fantastic piece of advice because you firstly you need to be enthusiastic, motivated, resilient. You need to yeah. work in an agile process. We've all met those data scientists to PhDs, top of their class. However, their communication skills are weak. They don't want to collaborate. They feel like they're the smartest person in the room. And stakeholders, non-technical, they want it. What's in it for me? What outcome is it is going to generate the best? Yeah. And having that ability to take that MVP, build momentum, go through to production is one of those ones that you need to start from the bottom and build that buy-in and then build moss as you go along on that journey. I'm yeah. sure you, you've seen firsthand when it doesn't go to plan. Yeah, and that's what important to understand that things definitely don't go according to the plan. And here we are not talking about some research project which you need to work on. And if it doesn't go, you still need to report your failures because failures is also an important understanding to have and uh, at the same time when i say there's a pressure of the time because you're working in a very cutthroat world and there's pressure of the investors pressure of the people who are who, who also have the pressure so you need to make sure that you're delivering and if not delivering at least presenting what you've been working on in a way that makes them calm or makes them believe make believe in what the what we are doing as a data science team yeah, that, ma that makes a lot of sense. Tell me a little bit about interviewing, your experience, tips, people out yeah. there. Yeah, so I can tell you about uh, why I, what I personally look for because I have the years of experience now in interviewing and seeing what differentiates a good data scientist to someone who's okay or someone who's bad. And the first is obviously I ask about the theoretical knowledge without going too deep into how an algorithm works. Because when it looking, we uh, in an industry, we are not looking to build the best models yet. We are always, as I said, agile principles. So you can keep on iterating. And uh, then I talk about the some practical applications of these problems. And by that, let's say how gradient boosted trees work. But what is the objective function you're going to use if you're doing regression of conversion rate in an e-commerce company? And these kind of problems, they only come with experience and of working in data like that. Because you can say that, oh, we, I'm just gonna use some regression function like any normal regression distribution, but that's not the distribution what happen in a conversion rate of an e-commerce company. So these things come with experience and come with your knowledge of how to work with the data and what things matter when you work with a certain kind of data. Then as, as I mentioned before, business acumen is very important. I like to solve business problems and then think about I, I like to then think about how they approach a problem and create hypothesis. So what I do is I'll just give you an example. One of my favorite questions to ask is our company's revenue uh, was constantly decreasing for last four years, but since January 2021, it has been constantly so it was constantly increasing, but since January 2021, it has been constantly decreasing. So how do we find out the cause? And then I, we, I sit with that person and we frame the hypothesis together because that helps understand what is the business acumen? How do they understand the business? How do they understand what things might be going wrong? And then the last one, and then another one is about a project management skills. Here I talk about how they went about 
some previous projects, the roadblocks they faced and how they overcame them. And it's, it, it, couldn't, it doesn't have to be something in industry. It's something could be a research project they worked on in the in school or in the college. And then the last one is the communication skills, which are very important. And that's what I try to, when they're explaining these things on how they've done in the past, that's where I judge them on how well they're explaining what they've done, because it's already hard for data scientists to describe their jobs. So we need to learn how to sell ourselves to stakeholders because they are people who have been, who are around 50 years old. They don't even know what data science is. So if you go into a room, you need to make them understand that in their own language, what we are trying to achieve here. And that's where the communication skills come. Yeah, there's a wealth of advice there for anybody listening in. So the importance of understanding the problem that you're working on, being able to actively communicate how you approach the problem, how you mm -hmm. added value to the end user, and taking into consideration that the person that you are speaking to is non-technical and they need to be able to get to the answer in a way that makes sense to them and yeah. being very overly communicative in the approach um, too. You've been listening to the AI in Action podcast series. My name is Mark Kelly, part of our, all this podcast series, and I've had the pleasure of speaking to Madhav Karana from Rebuy, who's the head of data science. And Madhav has been giving us a little bit of an overview about his journey into data science, how he actually showed persistence along the way to get his first role, talked about the different positions he's held, some of the data science projects at Rebuy and how they're looking to add value to their end customer. And we also spoke about advice to people entering the industry, the importance of effective interviewing skills and how communication and enthusiasm are very important to complement the academic and industry experience. Manav, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks a lot for your time too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.